Okay, shall we? We shall. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm Dana. I'm Kristen. This is The Darker Side of Life, the podcast where two best friends tell each other weird, strange, creepy ghost stories, true crime stories, stories about anything that's kind of dark, kind of morbid, and we don't tell each other what we're going to talk about. Can I say something fun first? Yes, please. Which you already know. You already know. I got to see something this past weekend. <gasps> yes, you sent me the picture. I was so excited. Yeah. So Paul and I went to Mammoth Cave and did a four-hour extended historic tour. And I got to see the tuberculosis huts in the cave. When you sent me that text, I'm like, oh my God, it's one of the tuberculosis rooms. <laughs> it was so cool. Um yeah, it was really cool to be able to see. I was a little worried at first because we were walking down, like we were, I honestly don't remember how far into the tour we were, but we were walking towards our next stop and he said something about seeing buildings. And of course, I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I was so excited. And we walked right past them. Like he wasn't stopping. And, <laughs> you're like wait I, wait yeah. <laughs> hello <laughs> like you need to talk about this um but got a picture anyway and he did talk about it on the tour I think they just don't want people around them because he said don't touch them don't even breathe on them so I, <gasps> can I you still get TB from them no Probably not <laughs> <laughs> no. I think they're just in bad shape well, we have vaccines now too so one was falling down pretty significantly Aww. so you can't go in but we got to walk past them and I hear some lady go, I wonder if, if it helped them being here. And I go, it did not. <laughs> so, you should have yeah. said, I listened to this really cool podcast <laughs> about it. It's called The Darker Side of Life. You should check it out. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to be able to see where they were and kind of just where they lived and how deep into the cave it was. It was really cool. I love so. it when you, we do a story about something like that and you can see it in real life. Like yeah. we went to the Bell Witch Cave. I don't remember if it was before or after. I think it was after. Um, I think I went to the cave after I did the story about the Bell Witch. Or maybe before. I don't remember. Before. But it was really, really cool. It's just like I've been there. I've seen it like with my own eyes so I can kind of feel it a little better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Just the tour itself was really... I got to see more than I saw on the last tour I did. So we were in there for about four hours, about four miles, and got to see a lot. So, But oh, I was so the cool. most excited about the tuberculosis huts. I still want to go see the entrance to Floyd Collins's cave, but I think they have it all sealed up and you can't go there. Yeah, they had a book in the gift shop on him. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. <laughs> There's a lot of stories that come out of Mammoth Cave in that area. Oh, yes. And there was a concert that night and Yo-Yo Ma played. <gasps> was it the Yo-Yo Ma concert? Yeah. You were there like the no, day of it? No, we didn't see it, but we well, were there yeah, that day. Tickets, I think you had to enter into a lottery, right? Like there's As no we way were... they didn't put just tickets on sale. As we were leaving, coming out the last part of the tour, you could see them setting up for it. So oh, cool. it was really cool. Yeah. I bet that was really, really cool for the people that got to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was an exciting, it was an exciting day. That sounds fun. Yeah. So if anybody gets a chance to go to Mammoth Cave, just do it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's a really neat place. It is really cool. All right. So I guess I'll tell you about what we're going to talk about today. Okay. This You might know some about this. We're going to talk about the conspiracy-heavy Denver International Airport. <gasps> Fun! 
Ben. Yeah. Are you going to talk about Blucifer? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I love this one. Blucifer is my boy. I, yeah. <laughs> Blucifer is my boy. That's what we should call this episode. Blucifer is going to be our like unofficial mascot now of this podcast. Um, I, I looked for some merch on Blucifer. I'm not going to lie. I really like Blucifer. People who don't know what we're talking about, like, who is Blucifer? You will find we out. We will talk about him. In a few minutes. The last time I flew into Denver and I had a layover, it was only like 30 minutes or so. It was really short. And I was really disappointed. And I thought about getting a later flight just so I could have a few hours to explore the airport. Yeah. Find any secret tunnels. Or something. <laughs> so, yeah. We, uh. We're going to talk about Denver International Air- Airport, which is a very interesting airport. Yes, Regardless of any of these conspiracies being true or not, it's a really kind of interesting place. <laughs> so my sources, really quick, um, mostly articles. I did watch one video, uh, YouTube channel, That Chapter. He did a video on this. Insider.com, UnderColorado.com, DenverPost.com, Gizmodo.com, and Denver.org. Lots of nice, interesting articles about this. Okay, so a little bit of background on Denver International Airport, which I will refer to as DIA. That's how it's referred to a lot. The airport opened in 1995 after the original airport in Stapleton had kind of worn out its welcome in the area. Stapleton was the main airport. It was built in the 1920s, but was no longer able to expand for new airlines coming in due to the neighborhoods around the area that were kind of encroaching on the airport. Its runways were also very far apart, leading to a lot of delays. So it was just time to update. Um, It was time to update the airport. 1995 seems so recent to me. Really? It, it kind of, like yeah, to me, I'm like, to wow, me. 1995 is a young airport. <laughs> it is, though. I guess it is when you think about it, 1995. You don't really hear about major airports opening up all the time. No. So, yeah. DIA broke ground in September 1989, but like I said, it didn't open until 1995. So it was about 16 months behind schedule. As always. And... From the beginning, because of this, conspiracies started surrounding the airport because of the delays in the schedule. There were um, the budget skyrocketed. The initial budget was one point seven billion, but in the end, it cost them four point eight million, four point eight billion to construct. So a lot of people wondered, where is all this money going? Why do you, why is there, uh, why do you need that much money to build an airport? Are you so, familiar with the United States government? Anyway, yes, yes. <laughs> or any government project on any level. <laughs> but people questioned because they thought, nah, something that costs 1.7 billion and ends up as 4.8 billion. There's got to be something going on. Also, DIA removed about 110 cubic yards of earth. It dug very deep into the ground, and there were about 5,300 miles of fiber optics that were used. Wow. There were also many tunnels that were built underneath the structure, and underneath the structure, which raised people's, I don't want to say hackles, that's not the right word. Um, kind raised of, some eyebrows. Raised some eyebrows. Make people wonder, what are all these tunnels going in for? DIA is the second largest airport in the United States based on its size. Oh, okay. What's the it first is, one? Do you know? 
I don't know. You know, I should have looked that up. <laughs> it's probably JFK or one of those. I do know that the Atlanta airport is the busiest. Oh gosh, in yes. the country. It also does not make sense with the terminals where they are located. <laughs> Just because you went to the international Just terminal, the girl who to pick went to me the international terminal. <laughs> but you know what? I can't say much about airports that make decisions that don't make sense because I live near Cincinnati. I live in Kentucky. You fly into CVG, which is Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky Airport. You land and they say, welcome to Cincinnati. You're not in Cincinnati when you land. You're not in Ohio when you land. You are in Hebron, Kentucky. You're like 18 miles from Ohio. It was really funny when I was living in Florida. And it's something that I didn't. You, when you grow up with that, you just don't think about it. It's yeah. just kind of normal that, yeah, Cincinnati's airport is in Kentucky. When I was in Florida, I flew home and I was flying with a football team and like a high school football team. And so we land and they say, welcome to Cincinnati. And I'm getting my stuff together. And the coach is standing there as we're taxiing. And he said, you know, fun fact, guys, we are we're not in Ohio. We're actually in Kentucky. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I looked at them and I went, no, he's tr- he's right. We're <laughs> he's right. we're in Hebron, Kentucky. Yep. You have you have a drive to get to Cincinnati. <laughs> if I was the pilot, I would totally mess with people and be like, welcome to Kentucky, everybody. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? <laughs> and all the Kentucky people are thinking, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, air- airports do weird things. So I can't really speak about weird things that airports do. <laughs> This one just kind of takes the cake with the weird stuff that goes on at this airport. DIA is about 22 miles from Denver. Stapleton was six miles. So, again, people thought, why are you building an airport that's 22 miles from Denver when you have one that's six miles? There were just a lot of things that little things when you go back and kind of look at the history of the airport. A lot of little things were making people kind of wonder what was going on because it didn't make sense to them and a lot of times when things don't make sense to people they create these weird conspiracies to try to explain them i could kind of see it being far out though to me that's Mm -hmm. understandable it's like how they have flight paths that don't go over residential areas and i figure you might want you know in case there is an emergency or a fuel leak or something you want it to kind of be away from things and away from populated areas right which right. is funny because when I lived in Florida, the airline, um, the path that for planes to take off went directly over my house yeah. that I lived in. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm screwed if a plane You're crashes screwed. on me. <laughs> so what is with Denver International Airport? We've kind of gone over the history. What is it with this airport that is makes people think weird things are going on? And there's a lot. There's a lot going on at this airport that is just weird. So the I guess the main belief that kind of wraps up a lot of it is that people believe that it is a secret headquarters for either the Illuminati, the New World Order, and or reptilian people. <laughs> Good old lizard people. I'm serious. Like this people believe this. And that it will be used as some sort of one Part of it would be to keep this new world order safe in case of some apocalyptic extinction event, but also be used as a concentration camp type of 
situation when this new world order takes over. So the usual conspiracy theory stuff that pops up. That's when it gets scary. You know, it's fun to talk about, oh, zombie apocalypse or new world order or whatever. But once you start talking about like concentration cramps and imprisoning people and whatnot, eh, you get a little dicey for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, there's some people out there that may seriously believe all, a lot of this. And oh, there's a lot of people who still scary. believe this for sure. Because these and, are the people that will be 100% on board with rounding people up and torturing them. Right. And I will say, I don't want to be a promoter of conspiracy theory. So we will be debunking some of these things. <laughs> at oh, the end. man. That's my we'll least favorite talking part. about some <laughs> reasonable explanations for a lot of this stuff. Because I don't want to seem like we're spreading this conspiracy theory theories some of them are fun some of them are very kind of dark and serious all right so let's get into kind of the highlights of what people believe is happening in this airport based off of some things that are going on at this airport so we first have the capstone slash dedication plaque slash time capsule This is located in the airport's south entrance, and it marks the date that the airport officially opened, which was in 1994. It also has the Freemasons symbol and the words, quote, New World Airport Commission, which, like you said, raises people's eyebrows. Anytime you have the Freemasons Freemasons and New World anything, it's going to, those are kind of, standard ingredients to a lot of conspiracies there's been so many conspiracies through the years on the freemasons anyway because they're very secretive society the problem here when you have this new world airport commission pops up the problem is that there is no such organization called the new world airport commission what yeah it doesn't exist it doesn't exist so a lot of people will link this to the new world order and think that it's some kind of callback to this new world order type of situation. But yeah, it, it doesn't exist. We'll find out why and the reasoning behind it, but it's not an actual thing. Then, of course, in this capstone, you have the Freemason symbol, which, like I said, usually brings up a lot of thoughts and conspiracies. The stone is a time capsule. It will be open in 2094, 100 oh, years man. after the airport opened. So we will not get to see what's Come in it. On. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they're not going to have it be like it's opened 20 years after the airport opens. You got to make it at least a decent number. I want a good time capsule to be open in my lifetime. We buried one in elementary school. We never did. I don't remember what went in it. but (laughs) I don't even remember where we buried it. Probably (laughs) where there's now a new school sitting on top of it. So (laughs) now what's going to happen to some archaeologists a thousand years in the future is going to dig it up and talk about our like primitive lifestyles or whatnot yeah except primitive being you know a bunch of fourth graders yeah <laughs> they're gonna think that we're all like uneducated <laughs> childlike people <laughs> we kind of are Dana. <laughs> that's true the aliens would think so <laughs> the aliens don't want anything to do with us nope they saw us and noped out real fast <laughs> many people believe that this non-existent new world airport commission organization along with the symbols the freemason symbols on the front indicate that this airport was actually built for secret societies and will be used as a place to hide during this extinction event there's even a braille pad above this time capsule obviously so people can 
people can tell what it says, even if they're blind. Mm -hmm. Some believe that this Braille pad is actually a secret keypad. And if you press in the right places, you can get it to open up. There was an airport employee who says that she has seen Masons go up to the capstone and swipe a membership card near it to see if it will open. <laughs> I can't say I, I wouldn't try something like head. that if I could. <laughs> I was literally thinking in my head, I wonder how many people walk up to it and just start like feeling on it just yeah. to see if something happens. I admit I probably would. They're like I pretending mean, to be blind. And really I, no, like I wouldn't pretend places. to be blind. I would just like try to do it. I'd be like, you know, I, who knows? I might hit the right combination. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? I'm never going to see the people in that airport again. I'm just, I have a layover. You I'm think not, cool you wouldn't it. see them again? You have no idea. You could end up on some deserted island with them, Dana. Have you not seen Lost? I have not seen Lost. Okay, I watched then. the first like two episodes <laughs> of Lost and never finished it. <laughs> So that's the capstone. And again, at the end, we'll kind of talk about what all of this means with a lot of these things. So we'll go into more of that later. All right. The next thing that people think is very odd are the gargoyles that are perched near the baggage claim. Oh, I love gargoyles. I bet you didn't expect to see gargoyles in airports, though. No. There, there are gargoyles and the east and west end of the baggage claim they are perched in these open suitcases and they just kind of sit and watch travelers retrieve their baggage <laughs> nice okay yeah and because these are kind of odd and out of place in an airport they you know they're a little gothic they're a little sinister looking and people believe that they are evil and they're i guess bringing some kind of evil curse onto the airport some of these are very, very little things that yeah. are around the airport. They're not very big, but they're just odd. You don't really expect to see them in the airport. So people are kind of unsettled by them, and they think they're evil. Like, who designed this airport? Like, who is the architect? <laughs> there was a the... lot of different. There was, they went through a lot <laughs> of different designs. It? <laughs> it, it honestly gets to the point when you're reading about this, and you think, did they do this on purpose? To I was wondering that, too. Like, they probably weird. did just to troll people. They're like, right, you know what? <laughs> Let's put some gargoyles of baggage claim. I did listen to a podcast. I didn't listen to it fully. It wasn't one of my sources. But she lives in Denver. And she said that Denver's kind of, it can kind of be a weird place. And I don't mean that in a bad way. There's just, it's a big city. There's lots of different kinds of people. Just like the culture can kind of be a little weird at times a little unique maybe that's a better word yeah so in her opinion this airport isn't very weird it's just kind of a good representation <laughs> of the uniqueness of denver the tunnels okay the tunnels are are big like in many ways they're big but people seem to have a lot to say and they think a lot about the tunnels the airport like I said before, it was over budget and it was behind schedule. It went through several design and contract changes, leading many to wonder why and where was all that money going? What exactly was being built underneath Denver International Airport? There are at least six underground levels below the airport. Holy moly. Yeah. Maybe they meant that to be parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should turn it into parking. Some claimed to see, during the building of this, they claimed to see evidence of these like bunker type of entrances that were being built along with these buildings. 
but they were buried. So it was like they dug out this ground and then people claimed that there were these bunkers that they buried and people wondered what were these bunkers for? Like I said before, there was a lot of dirt that was removed during the construction of the airport. People believed that these secret bunkers, they were going to be designed to house these world uh, these world elites and these billionaires in the event of an apocalyptic or extinction event. People also believe that there are reptilian people or aliens that live down there. So giant reptile-like people. Nice. They, yes, giant reptile people are billionaires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's what I wonder. Every time people say something about, like, billionaires and super rich people, like, being in the bunkers. Like, these billionaires are going to be, you know, cleaning their own bathrooms and cooking their own food and whatnot. So yeah, you got to let bunkers. other people in there, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll do it. Just Like, how? How are they going to, like, you can take 20 billionaires in the world and put them in an underground bunker and have them survive and they would not do it. I'm convinced they, of it. You will not be able to do it. Because they don't know how to survive Y'all on their own. Y'all don't know how to do anything. <laughs> I do. I'll be outside surviving on plants. <laughs> you need me around. Yes. <laughs> that sounded very threatening. You need me <laughs> you around. Need me. <laughs> it was meant to be. It's serious okay. business. <laughs> Apocalyptic events are serious. <laughs> All right. This is kind of funny. It's about the baggage system. So there was in these tunnels, there was this what was called a state-of-the-art baggage system that was designed. It cost a lot of money, but it was supposed to be this like high-speed baggage system. <laughs> it's not in use anymore. The tunnels are still there, but it's not in use anymore. And a lot of people wonder why. You know, why did you build these tunnels for this baggage system? That was, people believe that was possibly just a front that <laughs> they didn't <laughs> actually have this baggage system. But what's really funny, and I'm, this should probably go into my debunking section, but I just think it's funny because the reason that the baggage system doesn't work anymore is because when they went to test it, it literally threw baggage off at people. <laughs> like, <laughs> there were bags flying off the conveyor belt. Oh my people. gosh. Turn the speed down, people. <laughs> They had this whole big ceremony to show off this baggage system. And it was just <laughs> tossing bags out at people. And it never worked right, I guess. So they shut the thing down. But That's like when Elon Musk tried to do the uh, Cybertruck demo. And he was like, yeah, the glass is shatterproofed. And he threw something at it and it shattered. <laughs> I just have a really funny mental image of just these suitcases that are flying off the conveyor belt at oh people. <laughs> but... There are people who will still believe that this was, there was never, it was never meant for baggage. It was meant for something else. And it was just, you know, that was kind of a front that it was a baggage system, but it's meant to house these people. But I wonder why they didn't just fix it. Well, I think Unless they tried. Unless it was too expensive or just not worth it. I think it tried, or they tried, but it could never work properly. Yeah. There's a belief that the tunnels will connect DIA to the Colorado Springs Air Force Base into the NORAD Cheyenne Mountain Complex in the Rocky Mountains. So that's the North American Aerospace Defense. Hmm. So okay. the belief is that there are these tunnels that can evacuate people, evacuate billionaires or the president, specifically a the president in case of a catastrophic event that they can get from the airport to 
to these to Cheyenne Mountain or to the Air Force Base in Colorado Springs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That one I could see a little bit of um, like belief in. Yeah, yeah. You might not when I talk in the end about how far apart everything is. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and not plus, the close. president has to be like around the area at the time of the apocalypse. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's he's got to be in Denver. All right, so that's tunnels. Next up, we're going to talk about the weird artwork that is yes. at DIA. There's a lot of artwork there, mm-hmm. and there are some weird art pieces for sure. But the reason why there is a lot of artwork to begin with at DIA is because for all public projects in Denver, 1% of the budget has to be allocated for art on display, which I think is kind of cool. I do too. That's why there is a lot on display at the airport. First up are the murals. You might know about the murals if you know about Denver. I don't think they're still there. I think they were moved, but they were there for a pretty significant amount of time. They got a lot of attention because they're kind of dark and a little odd, which art can be a little odd, but I love you don't dark odd art. Expect I fo- to see it at the <laughs> airport. That's the thing. <laughs> I follow an Instagram account called Dark Gloomy Art. I do too. <laughs> um, you follow them? <laughs> yes, I do. I love their stuff. It's just interesting. The first set we're going to talk about are the the murals. There's two sets of murals at uh, Denver. They were painted by a man named Leo Tanguma. He's a Chicano artist. The first two paintings, they make up what is called Peace and Harmony with Nature. So the first painting depicts people from multiple cultures. They are standing around three open caskets with people in them. And then there's like a dead leopard on top of these caskets. Oh, okay. Yeah. The people in the coffin there, there's a white girl, a black woman, and an indigenous woman. The people who are alive and standing around these caskets are all holding animals. Some of the animals are in glass boxes. Behind them, there's a forest. It is on fire. And in the background of the painting is a giant city. So it's kind of dark and depressing. The painting itself is not dark. It's very bright colors. It's beautiful. But the (laughs) the apocalypse is dark. You've got some dead people. You have dead animals. And you have a forest on fire. The second piece in the set is more happy. It's depicting people of all races and many different types of animals standing in what looks like kind of a Garden of Eden type of setting. It's There are multiple kind of backgrounds behind them. So you have what looks like a desert, a forest, and water. Everyone's happy. Everything's bright. So that's the second part of it. So you have the dark forest is burning. Everyone's dead to everybody's in this very pretty Garden of Eden. They all died and went to heaven. Mm, yeah yay that's that's what I want to see as I'm getting ready to get on a plane (laughs) the second mural set is called children of the world dream of peace which sounds very nice yeah it's really dark it's really depressing it is very unsettling was it named ironically I wonder well let's talk about the first picture it depicts what looks like a Nazi type of soldier in a long trench coat, hat, and a gas, ma- gas mask, wielding a gun and a long sword that is stabbing a dove. Well, that's not yeah. very peaceful, is it? No, no. Next to him, stretching back into the painting, is a long line of suffering people, including what looks like a woman holding a dead child. 
Oh. And then next to this line of people, you see people sleeping in the ruins of a city. No wonder they took these Mm -hmm. out of the airport. In the second picture in the set, you see many children from all around the world. They're happily gathered. Some children are holding flags that are wrapped around weapons. So what's kind of interesting are these children are grouped in twos. And you see countries that have been enemies before that are now kind of combining together. So you have these weapons that are wrapped. Yeah, you have these weapons that are wrapped, but they're wrapped in the flags from these countries. So you have the U.S. with Russia, you have the U.K. and Ireland, you have Iraq and Iran, you have Taiwan, Tibet, and China together, and you have Palestine and Israel together, all like happily handing over these weapons wrapped in their flags. There is a toppled statue of that same soldier from the previous painting. He's toppled over, and the children are all handing their weapons over to a little like a blonde boy dressed in what looks like a Bavarian type of outfit, like a German, old German type of outfit. And he looks like he's hammering something. It looks like he's hammering the sword actually from the previous painting. So those are, it's kind of a quick rundown of those two paintings and they're, they're odd. And when you consider they're in an airport, it makes it even weirder because you don't (laughs) expect to see something like that in an airport. And conspiracy theorists have a lot to talk about because they believe that these paintings depict the true intent of the airport, which is to help bring about a new world order. Here we go again. Especially the last mural where you have this soldier who looks like a Nazi and is stabbing this dove, which represents peace, and this long line of people who are standing around suffering. And then you have the mural with the kids depicting all of these weapons that are going to this little white German boy who looks like he's making one giant weapon in the New World Order. And then in the mural with the people in the caskets, the white girl in the casket is holding a Bible and she has one of those Jewish stars on her, the ones that the Nazis would use to identify the Jews. Yeah. So she's got that on her. So people think it's obviously kind of depicting the Holocaust. There's also a Mayan child holding a tablet, perhaps recalling back to the Mayan calendar, predicting the end of the world. Those are the murals. And when people read them, they read them in this order that shows kind of one story of destruction and war and poverty and hunger and killing, basically. And it's all in these these conspiracy theory opinions this is all predicting and showing what the airport is all about why can't we just have i mean this is denver colorado why can't we just have like a frederick remington sculpture of like a bucking horse (laughs) come on well now that you mentioned horse should we talk about blucifer oh sure (laughs) nice segue he's up next all right so let's talk about blucifer he is my favorite all right blucifer I found a pillow online with Blucifer on it. I kind of want get it. it. <laughs> Blucifer's official name is Blue Mustang, but no one calls him Blue Mustang. They call him Blucifer. He is a 32-foot-high fiberglass, fiberglass rearing stallion, cobalt blue with glowing red eyes. Yes. And he is awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Blucifer was designed by an artist named Luis Jimenez. And there's 
couple, you know, I don't know if I call them conspiracy theories, but there's some stories behind Blucifer. A lot of people believe that Blucifer depicts one of the horses from the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I don't know which one because you have death, famine, war, and conquest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which one Blucifer would be because I judging don't think... by the murals, I would say war. I'd say war or conquest. That's true. Or death or famine. You got all of them. <laughs> Maybe it represents all of them. So there's got to be three more though somewhere. There's three more Blucifers somewhere in the world. Oh, I wish there's we got to be here. <laughs> I wish we had a horseman of the apocalypse statue around me. <laughs> Another is that Lucifer is haunted or cursed. And this is actually a sad story. And I hate that this happened. But when the artist Jimenez was working on Lucifer, a part of the statue broke off and fell on him, Aww. severing an artery and pinning him down. And he died in his studio. Oh, my God. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So the artist died as he was creating Lucifer and his children had to finish it. Which what is a terrible. freak accident. I know. Seriously. So because of this, because of this kind of dark start to Lucifer's life. Yeah. They say he's possibly haunted or he's cursed because he killed his creator. Oh, I just think he looks. I just think he looks really cool. I just think he looks really badass. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> if you haven't seen pictures, Google pictures of him. I mean, you Google Denver International Airport and usually it's Lucifer that pops <laughs> yes. up because he stands at the entrance. You're, you see him, <laughs> you see him as you're coming and leaving the airport. It's pretty cool. But I'll talk about kind of why, why he was designed the way he was at the end, what the kind of design process of it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a little bit on Lucifer. All right. We have just a couple like little, little conspiracies, little oddities in the airport that people point out. One is the runway. Some people oh, believe yeah, yeah. that the runway looks like a swastika. It's shaped like a swastika. I mean, it does kind of, but it, I know why. So yeah. So again, this ties back to Nazis in New World Order and all of that. There are also several buildings that are unused. There's a lot of buildings at the airport and many people say are unused. So they wonder what are these buildings for if no one is using them. Also, apparently the razor wire around the airport faces inward, not outward, indicating that it's meant to keep people in, not keep people out. Okay. Which, if that's true, that is odd. That's very... That's a very weird one. I didn't know there was a special direction razor wire should face. I just thought it was kind of universal where you would yeah, I guess like, it hurt yourself on it. Directions. But before I forget, the runways are built by like wind patterns. Like I was gonna wind talk direction. About that later. Okay, sorry. I just didn't know. People were probably <laughs> yeah. like, Well, why is it shaped like a swastika then? <laughs> well, it's wind yeah, it's wind patterns. It's built like in a fan type of yeah, yeah. shape. But also a lot of times when people will show a picture of this to be like, hey, it looks like a swastika, they're leaving off other runways. So they yeah. highlight the ones that make it look like a swastika, but there are other runways that when you highlight them and show them, it doesn't really look like a swastika. So they're kind of picking and choosing what they're showing yeah, to make it look like a swastika. So it it doesn't look like one. And it again, it's a design thing for optimal takeoff and landing. Many believe that there is a secret language that is inscribed on the floor of the airport. And this because there this is because there are several inscriptions on the floor in some 
what looks like unknown language. People think it's maybe like an alien language or it's a secret language of this new world order that is somehow going to help people survive this end of the world event. And then along with this, these secret language phrases and inscriptions, there's an image with a mine cart, like a mining cart, and the letters A-U-A-G inscribed in the cart. This is supposedly mm-hmm. how this secret society, New World Order, reptilian people are going to wipe us all out. Because oh. people say this A-U-A-G refers to a pathogen called the Australian antigen. So, so we know going this to be used. and we're not doing anything about it. Right. Instead, we're going to be very cryptic and put a message in the floor of an airport instead of telling people to create a vaccine against this pathogen. Right. But also, <laughs> you know, all these conspiracies and new world order and takeover. Why would some new world order put all these clues in an airport? Why wouldn't they just sit there quietly and wait till something happened? <laughs> Why isn't there no movie, like National Treasure type movie, but it's about the Denver airport? I wish there was. That would be kind of cool. Where everything is true. <laughs> Everybody knows it says one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. <laughs> in my movie, Lucifer comes to life. Oh, he's gotta. <laughs> that's where like the climax of the movie takes place. Like that's yes. where the whatever is hidden that they have to find it is. Yes. Yeah, this AUAG, it's apparently, it's what's going to be used to kill all of us by this new world order. And it's the Australian antigen. Okay, that kind of sucks. We'll talk about what the Australian antigen actually is, because it's an actual thing. Really? Yes. Hmm. I thought they were just pointing the finger at Australia for some reason. (laughs) No, no, it's an actual thing. (laughs) You guys are going to do it. (laughs) So have you ever seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind? A long time ago, yes. Okay. It was a movie in 1977. Yeah. It's an alien movie. In this movie, there are coordinates that are given. And in the movie, it's supposed to be the location of what was called the Devil's Tower. It was a landmark in the story that was supposedly located in Wyoming, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, when you put these coordinates in, some say it actually points to the future location of Denver International Airport which in 1977 was not there. So it wasn't like somebody was sitting in Denver Air- airport is there writing this movie. And they're like, Hey, I wonder what the coordinates are from here. <laughs> I'll just make those the coordinates. No, it wasn't there when the movie came out. The movie came out in 1977. Or maybe they just made up some numbers and it just so it happened, just happened to be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we've got to debunk everything. <laughs> No, it's my Sorry. least favorite part. I know. Sorry. I know. We got to do it. We have to do it. I so enjoy conspiracy theories, but I like don't believe most of them. No, I don't either. The vast majority I don't, but I There's just think it's cool so ones fun. Out there. Yeah, I just think it's so fun how people put pieces of a puzzle together and how they like look at things. What I find is the more modern current conspiracy theories I don't yeah. like because they're just way too ridiculous like covid call like vaccines cause autism or something or reptilian people oh yeah lizard people (laughs) and all that i don't know i think the only one that i'm really questionable on would be the kennedy assassination i'm like i don't i mean i don't know about a second shooter and all that but i'm like somebody in the government probably knew it was going to happen and kept their mouth shut like i don't know my favorite is the Olympic Titanic conspiracy. Oh theory. yes, that was That's a good one. That's my a real favorite good one. because that one you can think, okay, 
Yeah. There are some pretty good points here. And that one went on for a while until they found the ship. It did. It did. Maybe I'll do a story on that at some point. Um, but that's a cool one. I like that one. And that's one where you can sit and think, wow. It's like that some makes really a good lot points of sense. And that makes a lot <laughs> yes. of sense. A lot of this at the airport, while it's fun, it doesn't make a lot of sense no. to me. And there's just too much. There's so there much. Too much. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't all tie together. So, but it's fun to talk about. But we have to debunk it because we can't spread conspiracy theories that, yeah. that aren't true. We don't think or I don't think are true. I don't <laughs> want to speak for everybody. So the first question would be why build a new airport? Because that kind of started it for a lot of people thinking. That's you know, a you, question. You are well. You already have at this airport in Stapleton. People are like, you already well, yeah, have this but airport isn't it like small and like Denver's yeah. good, growing huge, and it's like, all right, let's get a bigger airport. Let's just do it right the first time. And but build then people a say, big airport. Well, why would you locate it twenty-two miles away from Denver and make this huge, massive airport? Well, like I said before, Stapleton was built in the twenties. It couldn't expand right. because neighborhoods were encroaching on it. And also, a lot of people living in that area around Stapleton were suing the airport with noise complaints. Oh, see, there so you go. So it's time to get a new one. So it's not that weird. Yeah, and I then, can I can totally see that as being reasonable. And then a lot of people question the budget. Why did it go over budget? Why were there so many contract changes? Why were there so many people working on different parts of the airport? What was going on? Well, the government's involved. It's not uncommon. <laughs> Sometimes projects have budget changes. Sometimes mm-hmm. projects take a lot longer than expected. It's not uncommon. Nothing's going to be perfect. You're not going to say, here's the budget, and then it stays that way all the way through, and then there's no changes. Once you get into doing something, building something, you might find that now this this has to be changed. This isn't working. Right, exactly. You have to be able to adapt to and like change things sometimes on the fly right all right and the capstone yeah talk about that what's the capstone so main question would be this new world airport commission that was the name that was on the stone that doesn't actually exist well the name was given by a man named charles ansbacher he was an arts advocate and it was a commission that was created only for the opening of this airport and its festivities so it, it's not really a true commission. It was just something that was created until the airport opened and all the celebrations and everything surrounding it. Okay. It also refers to the New World Symphony, the composer that I can't pronounce. Okay. Vorak. <laughs> I think it's Vorak. This New World Symphony it was kind of a play on that. So it was kind of this fun and creative name that was given just for the occasion where they're literally open, opening up a new world airport. Okay. It's a new world as an like, international airport. So it's not that exciting. It was just kind of a play on words. It was just something fun to have at the time. And it got put on the stone because the stone is this capstone kind of commemorating the building of this airport. So they're giving credit to this opening organization. Not that fun. Not that exciting. Okay, but there is an explanation because I was thinking, okay, at this point, people are just trolling. Right. I mean, it. it, yeah, there's an explanation. It's it's not 
anything that currently exists, but it just existed for that time. Okay. As the airport was opening. It's like how, because Taylor Swift came to Phoenix not too long ago. Well, technically the stadium she played in is in Glendale. So they temporarily renamed the city of Glendale Swift City. Right. It's like they're just doing something like that for Mm -hmm. promotion. Right. And then as far as the time capsule that's supposedly going to be opened up when the world ends, there's not really anything too exciting in it. It's got some coins. It has a signed opening day baseball from Coors Field. It has the sneakers that belonged to the mayor at the time, which I really what? hope they were new sneakers. I really hope they were new shoes. And oh, not shoes. they're going to be some old worn out shoes. Yeah. And some casino tokens and a couple other items. So well, that's kind of not fun. It's not that fun. And then the fact that there's the the Freemason symbol on the stone is mm-hmm. actually not a surprise. It's very common for local lodges to lay stones like this in a new building. They are the Freemasons. <laughs> it's, uh, it's in their name. <laughs> kind of what they do. So it's not uncommon that they would help with laying the stone for this. And then obviously you want to give them credit for it because okay. they've helped with the airport. That's really all there is with the capstone. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that's just what they tell us. But there's always going to be people who believe that there's more to it. But that is just what they tell us. That's what they want you to believe. <laughs> what they want you to believe. The gargoyles, people think they're evil. It was kind of just a little cheeky way to tell people that their luggage was being protected because gargoyles historically were put onto buildings and churches to protect the people inside from evil. So the gargoyles aren't evil, even though people think they look evil. They're there to protect people. So it was just kind of a way to be funny and say, hey, your luggage (laughs) is being looked after by these gargoyles. I like gargoyles. Ron has some gargoyle statues that we used to have sitting out on a desk. These are cool. These are sitting in little suitcases. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) So they're there just for fun. They're there just to say, hey, we got you. We got your luggage protected. Nice. (laughs) Now the tunnels. There's there's a lot to the tunnels. Like I said, there are a lot of tunnels under the airport, but that's not really surprising because about a thousand people work, uh, work on different levels under the airport. There are a lot of offices down there. There are people who are working down there to get the luggage from one place to another. So you go to an airport, you go to check your luggage, they put it on a conveyor belt. Where where do you think it goes? It's not like it's got to go somewhere. And you've probably never noticed large amounts of luggage being transported in the main airport area. It's because it's underground. It's in tunnels under you that's being (laughs) transported from point A to point B. So same with Denver. That's where your luggage is going. It's going into these underground tunnels to go from the check-in counter to get it onto your plane. I saw a video once of somebody who put a little camera on a piece of luggage and they went from the ticket counter all the way to the plane with it. I think the airport staff might have done it like that on purpose just to kind of show you like Mm -hmm. the path that luggage takes and the absolute complication madhouse that is luggage sorting. I can't even imagine. I I don't know how they do it. I mean, I listened to some funny air traffic controller like Instagram and TikTok accounts or whatever. And the way they talk, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, they they talk in letters and numbers, and I'm like, you guys even understand each other? I'm like, what'd you say? Like Alpha Bravo 
B14? What? Maybe it's the alien language, Dana. They're aliens. That's why. It might why. be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so you have you have the tunnels also that were built for that baggage claim. When the air- airport was built, oh, sorry. You have the tunnels that were built for the baggage claim that is no longer used because it was throwing luggage at people. <laughs> as well as underground trains so there's tunnels because there's underground transportation in cincinnati's airport it's above ground but i think some are more like a subway system yeah where you have these underground trains these weren't the baggage claim in the trains they weren't ready when the airport opened so they weren't used right away but there were plans for them so the tunnels were dug so i think because a lot of people saw these tunnels going in but then they weren't being used that's where these conspiracy theory started of saying well why do you need these tunnels they just weren't being used at the time but they later were used you currently have trains that are running in denver well that's where the tuberculosis patients go down in the tunnels they're in the tunnels they're just riding around on trains (laughs) sorry the airport has actually opened up some of their tunnels for tours for reporters just to show people (laughs) hey nothing where's happening come on down we'll show you what's going on but every once in a while, you might see somebody walking around with an alien mask on, playing fun. a joke on the people who are visiting. So they kind of have fun okay. with it. But it's just kind of to show that there's a lot going on down here. It's not, you're not seeing billionaires in robes walking around. You're just seeing everyday workers that are getting your luggage and to where it needs to go. And you're getting on a train and getting from point A to point B. You mentioned the tunnels that were possibly from Denver to Cheyenne Mountain to these other bases. So to Colorado Springs, it's about 85 miles from the airport. Ooh, that'd be a long tunnel. That's a long tunnel. And according to an article with with the Denver Post, the world's longest rail tunnel, which is the Goddard Base Tunnel along the Swiss Alps, is only 35 points four miles and it took over 10 years to excavate and construct oh wow yeah so highly unlikely that there was an 85 mile tunnel constructed in secret that nobody knew was happening also if you're transporting the president it's going to have to go really fast and in the united states of america like we're going to get any kind of high-speed rail anything in our country (laughs) i want one here so much i just want a subway system here i want a subway (laughs) That would be nice. I just want the light rail to, like, come to my house. (laughs) Okay. The artwork. It's hard to debunk artwork because it's art. It clearly exists. And it's art. You can't really... It's subjective. It's from the artist's mind. It's not going to be an obvious message it's trying to send. But without a doubt, these murals that are depicting war and poverty, all of that, they're very dark. The artist wanted to convey overcoming things like war and poverty and death and environmental concerns to live in a more peaceful and harmonious world where we all take care of each other and the environment. So when you look at it that way, you can kind of see what those murals are doing. Yeah. You know, you have the one with the soldier and then following that mural, you have all the children who are coming together and handing their weapons in to work together to drive out the evil. They've overcome war and suffering. The soldier is toppled. The weapons are being turned over to forge into something new that can possibly help everyone. So when you look at it that way, it makes sense. Yeah. And then you have the one with the dead people and the animals in the forest burning that's very environmentally focused. It's telling the story of destruction of our environment. 
the way I see it is that it affects everyone of every race. You have yes, a white girl, animals. a black <laughs> woman, an indigenous woman, and animals. You can't hide from it. No matter who you are, you can't hide from it. It's going to affect everybody. You it's people almost like climate our... change is real and affects almost. us all. You have people deceased to our different races and religions. So you're paying more attention to the world. You're helping your environment. You're overcoming this damage that we've done by live and then living in more of a garden of Eden type of environment, which is what the second one depicts all living in harmony with everybody. So it really honestly depends on which way you look at these murals. If you reverse them, you get a very dark image, but if you look at them in the way that they're meant to be depicted, you get more of a hopeful message. And then Blucifer, I've heard a couple different stories about why he was designed the way he was. So I'm going to talk about all of them because I think they're all cool. One is because the red eyes stand out very much. People are like, why does he have to have red glowing eyes? And he's this bright blue color. It's because the artist's father owned a neon shop in Mexico. So those bright colors are a tribute to the artist's father. Oh, that's fun. The other is that Blucifer slash Mustang was a tribute to the artist's own horse named Blackjack, who is a blue roan Appaloosa. So a blue roan is a coat color and Appaloosa is a breed. There's the spotted horses. A roan is, there's several different types of roans. There's blue, there's red, there's strawberry. I've seen a purple roan. It's a really cool coat color. It's So a blue roan is kind of a black, gray, and white mixed coat color and it gives it a blue tint so they actually look like they're tinted blue that is what blackjack was so that's why blucifer is this kind of cobalt color to give tribute to blackjack the other story that i heard and this is the one i kind of hope is true (laughs) was said that um luis and his wife one evening it was it was nighttime. They were upstairs. They heard something downstairs. So when Luis went down to see what was going on in the dark, he found a pair of red eyes staring back at him. Ooh. But when he flipped on the lights, he found that Black Jack had somehow gotten into the house and was oh, standing what? in the middle of the house. And so the red eyes were there to symbolize how some things that seem scary at first aren't once you turn on the light. Oh, that's kind of nice. I like that. And that's either nice. of the stories are really cool. And it kind of takes away some of the cursed, haunted talk of Lucifer mm-hmm. when you look at it that way. Again, it's art. It is whatever you want it to be. So if you want a giant 32-foot blue horse, you're going <laughs> to make a giant 32-foot blue horse. And you're like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be anything that makes sense. All right. We talked about the runway shaped like a swastika. There's a reason, and it doesn't yeah. actually, it's not actually shaped like a swastika. The secret language and the A-U-A-G, so this, quote, secret language is actually Navajo. <gasps> what? Yes. Cool. Yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce these sub- these subscriptions, these inscriptions. <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but they mean, there's several different inscriptions. They mean white metal, the mountain that is white, Tallow River, and then the name of a mountain that was sacred to the Navajo people. So it is honoring one of the indigenous tribes in the area i didn't know the navajo went far into colorado i guess they did i knew about i think comanche and cheyenne maybe 
But I didn't know the Navajo were that far, like, north. That's pretty cool. And then the AUAG that people think is this thing that's this Australian antigen that's going to kill people. (laughs) They're actually the atomic symbols for gold and silver, which... Oh, nice. Is a throwback to Denver's long history of mining. The, so, yeah, and the gold rush and all that. Right. Cool. The Australian antigen, it's actually something something related to hepatitis B. Oh, so that's fun. So I don't think that the New World Order is going to take us all out with hep B, but <laughs> whatever. And then this this mining, the AUAG, this uh this inscription i don't know why i keep wanting to say subscription this inscription <laughs> it's part of a larger one that is a traditional native american design that depicts the history of the state so when you see pictures of that cool. people are like oh this is the australian indigent no you're only seeing one tiny picture of a bigger picture so it's kind of cool you're getting more of a history of colorado and by using this traditional native american design that's pretty cool. I never knew that. I think so, too. And the coordinates from Close Encounter of the Third Kind. There we act- go. We can actually debunk these. People say that the location of these coordinates is Denver International Airport. However, they actually give coordinates to an empty field 51 miles away from the airport. So I knew it was going to be true. <laughs> yeah. So they did just pick random coordinates. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> that's kind of all. That's I mean, those are the biggest conspiracy theories that I've I've read about that kind of get pointed out in all these articles and podcasts and talks about the airport. But one cool thing is that it seems like the airport itself has started to embrace the conspiracies at this point. Yeah, gave up trying to fight them and they now use it as a marketing tool. Yes. So there's a blog called the Den Files. That's a play on the X Files. It it was created that kind of leans into all of this. There is a giant talking gargoyle that will tell (gasps) passengers the history of the airport. Oh, fun! (laughs) Which I just think is awesome. And then in 2021, the airport was undergoing some updates. And you know those signs that that are around to say, you know, excuse our mess or construction in progress, whatever, kind of talks about what's going on. So a lot of these signs around the airport would say things like, what are we doing? Oh, just updating our alien lounge. And stuff like that. So <laughs> fun. And it's paid off because it's made the airport about $1.5 million wow. just by kind of making this their new marketing campaign. You know what and- that reminds me of? Oh, go ahead. I just have one last quote. Uh-huh. So Heath Montgomery, the senior public information officer for DIA, says, quote, no matter what you do, you lose. You show people the tunnels and explain the symbols, you lose. You clam up and deny it, you lose. So that's why we started to have fun with these, because people are going to believe what they believe, regardless of hard evidence. Yep. End quote. Yep. And that's the Denver International Airport. I love it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, when the movie Borat came out mm-hmm. and how people in Kazakhstan were so mad about it because of how it depicted them. And I think they banned the movie for a while. Oh, wow. If I remember correctly. But now they've kind of turned the tide on it and embraced it. And now they're like, sl- like tourism slogan is very nice because that's oh. what Borat <laughs> says. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. <laughs> and now that's their slogan. So they kind of embraced him as a character and they're just kind of like, laughing about it yeah yeah it's awesome yeah that's what they did they thought you're never 
ever going to get everybody to believe you that none of this stuff is actually conspiracy. So why not just go with it? And it, I mean, I'm doing a podcast on an airport. And now instead of getting mad because people are like, you know, why why are the people of Kazakhstan so upset about this movie because of how it depicts them? Well, now they just see it. It's a blatant comedy. Like now they know because they embrace it. And it's like they're like self-deprecating humor or they're laughing at themselves. And it just shows that, well, we're not, you know, angry about it. We're not uptight. Like come laugh at us too. Like not like come laugh at us too, but it's like we're laughing with us. With us. us. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing with the airport where. Right they've realized this isn't going away. So let's just go with it. And it's kind of cool because obviously you're going to an airport to travel, but how much do you actually pay attention to the airport you're in? You're, you're getting to your gate. You're maybe getting food. You're waiting for your plane. This is an airport where I would want to wander around just to look around and see what's going on. And I'm going to appreciate the airport a lot more. And you're going to tell stories about it. You're going to take pictures of it that are going to go up on social media. So kudos to them for just deciding, Hey, we're just going to go with this and have fun. And there are some things that they don't really touch on, like the whole runway shaped like a swastika. Like They know enough to say, we're not even going to address that. Right. That's we're That's not smart. even going to talk about that. But the stuff with the aliens and reptoid people and the gargoyles, they're going to have fun with that because they're just goofy things. If I was a baggage claim handler, 100% I would dress like a gargoyle. Heck yeah. I would like, alien put ass. your bag on the belt. <laughs> I'd dress as Blucifer. I'd walk around as Blucifer. I really like him. We could get one of those two people horse costumes. <laughs> you <Yeah>. and me. <laughs> I'm in the front. No. <laughs> I called it. I'm going to be my own horse then. <laughs> We'll be like two little ponies walking yeah. around. <laughs> so children. That's, that's Denver. That's all I got. That's fun. That was interesting. Yeah. A lighter, lighter note. So yeah. Anybody out there has been at Denver International Airport and would like to share experiences. If they've seen Lucifer, if they've seen aliens, if <laughs> they've spoken to the gargoyle, I would love to know. <laughs> the one sitting in a suitcase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, the next time I fly through there, I'm definitely going to have to have a longer layover so I can see some of the things. wander around. Instead of half an hour. Well, fun story. Thank you. That's good because the last one was a bummer, and then the next one I'm going to do is going to be a bummer. Cool, I'm glad I can offset some of the bummerness. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And we will bum you out again in two weeks, guys. Yes. (laughs) We love to bum people out. (laughs) It's what we do. It's what we do best. Yes. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.